Recon team leaves as soon as we're loaded up. Questions? Is Admiral Thrawn there? We have reports of an increase in capital ships, but no confirmation as to whether he's Ezra, what is it? Hey, kid. You feeling all right? There! Look! What am I looking at? You don't look very good. Ezra, what do you see? Ezra! Greetings, Forsketeers, and welcome to another episode of Ghost Stories, a Rebels podcast. I am your host, Spectre 7, and joining me tonight, as always, are my co-hosts, Spectres 8 and 9. How are you guys? Good. I am one with the Force. And the Force is with you. Uh, so, you may have noticed we've been gone for like two weeks, and that's because a little movie came out and kind of rocked our world. Yeah. To say the very least. I'm Kramp- talking about too, trolls. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or no, yeah. sing. Uh, we originally reco- uh, planned on recording this episode before Rogue One came out, right after the episode. But uh, things came up and then Rogue One happened. And then the holidays yeah. happened. And then the holidays yeah. happened. And here we are recording at the end of the month, at the end of the year, during the hiatus. So thank you for... Uh, <laughs> You know, sticking it out and asking where we are. We're here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's get this episode going. So yeah. vis- Visions and Voices, the ninth episode and the winter finale of the third season. Maul returns looking to finally unlock the secrets that he and Ezra desire. Now, we talked a couple episodes ago how we wanted like Kanan, like we, we said that like Kanan was kind of being saved for like a Jedi heavy episode or like a mall heavy episode. And here he was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although but it he, starts out. He still kind of took a back seat in this one a little bit. He did. I mean, he's, he did, but he had more action than he's had like in the main character role for a while. Yeah. You know? definitely. I agree on that. Um, but it starts out pretty creepy where like their hair is giving out orders and, all of a sudden, we see like Ezra starting to see Maul, and he's calling out to him. You know? Yeah, it was it was a great. It was I didn't know Maul had that capability, unless I've missed it in some other episode. But that was really interesting to watch, and it you know Ezra nearly lost control of himself, and nearly you know he was attacking the other you know the rebels that were just Joe yeah, Schmo rebels. Yeah, he sees Maul and then goes to attack him. And when Kanan finally, like, makes him come to his senses, he sees that it was just a random, like, rebel trooper. And poor guy, man. He's going to be, like, scarred for life. (laughs) Yeah, he... (laughs) But that was something that I don't know if that was ever really addressed. Was that really Maul there? Well, see, I didn't think Maul was there. I think he... Well, or maybe he was. I don't know. I got the impression that he was able to project himself into Ezra's mind. That was my interpretation of it at least yeah and i, th- I think i i, I kind of agree with you there Lindsay. and it was almost like the bindu kind of hinted at that because of the holoc the the holocrons kind of merging their minds were one but they hadn't completed the circle so it was like they were stuck in that limbo yeah yeah that that's kind of where i got to like they had kind of become 
a part of each other in the sense that like one can see what the other was doing in a sense like they're connected mm-hmm. right like i'm gonna i'm gonna make a stretch of a reference but like in gargoyles how macbeth and demona were connected mm-hmm. yeah like that's kind of how ezra and maul are and i hope it's that kind of a deep connection that would be really cool but uh i don't know if we'll get that that deep but um we know it has something to do with the holocron at least because that's basically why maul comes back because i think I, I don't again i don't think they hint at it in the episode but i think maul's also seeing ezra do you think like so? he's i you know to me yeah i personally think that he is um, well yeah i think he's getting haunted by the same kind of visions oh okay i, I get what you're saying I, I totally misinterpreted what you were saying yeah I, th- I think so too but not i think maul kind of discovered it and used it like to his well, advantage yeah, like, like maul would know how to handle it whereas ezra like wouldn't but i think another thing that kind of bugged me about it was that like Kanan didn't really seem to understand what was going on right away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, you're a Jedi. Like, come on. He's out of touch with it. I, that bothered me too. Uh, and this was when they were talking about the plans in front of Hera. Hera kept having, trying to snap him into it again. And he kept putting his hand on his shoulder, kind of what's wrong. Didn't understand that there was like some sort of force disturbance, you know? Yeah. That was really it's like is is he not i don't know if he if maul has maybe a capability to like block it because it's all in ezra's head or if he's just having real problems touching with force again or it's just a convenient plot thing or it, or it really is a, a link between those two and nobody can really get in it has nothing to do with the force really yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because they both they both saw an uncompleted answer when the, right. the holocrons merged, and it was Ezra who broke off the the transformation. Um, so that's kind of the way I see it, at least now that I'm kind of saying it out loud, that it is between them two, and, and maybe it wasn't a force thing. It was just they didn't complete their, their transition. Yeah, like it's, it's kind of like a broken connection where they just keep kind of fizzling in and out of each other's head. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I see it. Um, by the way, I, I'm just going to say... This was my favorite Maul episode. Uh, the performance by Sam Witwer, amazing, amazing. And I'll, I'll get into some of the, the key points, at least, throughout the episode. But his, his vocal acting, and I'm going to bring up point one, just when he's calling out Ezra, scared me. It was just, it was very horror movie-ish, just the, the way he would throw his voice out at him. Uh, it was more aggressive on some of them. Yeah, it was (laughs) great work, Sam Witwer. That was amazing. Yeah, I thought this episode was amazing, especially on the mall side. I mean, just all in all of the things we got to, like in kind of his backstory. um, So like we kind of said, they they, Ezra and Kanan go to go see the Bendu to kind of figure out, get a hold on what's going on. And yeah, and you know, this confirmed some of the thoughts I had about the Bendu earlier in our podcast in the season is that the Bendu's not playing. He is true gray gray. Cause he knew that Maul was around, but it wasn't going to tell them. He let that come out organically. You know, Maul showed up like Bendu, the Bendu wasn't, he's not there to help just the Jedi. Yeah. I liked his line. Uh, then don't turn around. Yeah. <laughs> And then they turn around and he's right there. It brings up an interesting question about the Bendu. Do you think he's a shapeshifter? 
the reason that he just or the the fact that he just disappeared he's batman <laughs> he threw a smoke well, bomb and disappeared yeah we've seen him before in other episodes where he's you know turned and he's looked like rock and then i think there's an i think i think the second time we encountered him he wasn't there until he was there like so he has the capability to i don't know if it's disappear at will but he has maybe a cl- cloaking capability he's got a cloak cloak of invisibility i don't know it's it's a question because he does kind of just magically disappear when he needs to but <laughs> i don't have i don't have an answer for that no 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 and i'm not <laughs> laughing at you by the way i'm just <laughs> laughing at the bendu's answers because he's like huh that's kind of bad and like he didn't help him at all he yeah. just kind of just <laughs> i love that because he's a neutral party he's the true gray he really is like he'll, he'll help when he thinks that it's that's what i I've always liked the theory of great Jedi, which are all about like balance as opposed to one side or the other. And he's kind of that as a non Jedi force. He's just the force. It's not, he doesn't pick sides. He'll help if he, if it helps the force almost, but we still don't know his full motives. If that makes sense. Like we've seen him help Ezra get the holocron. You know what, you know what though, right before we go into this scene, yeah. um, there's a moment between Kanan and Hera that I want to bring up really quick. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Because I feel like Hera is a scene stealer, uh, just because she's she's such a mom. We've described her as as that protective mom, but she's worried about Ezra, and she said a couple lines and then disappears from the episode. Yeah, but it was it was so touching to me. I I I, I love that that characteristic about her. Uh, she was almost willing to throw out this mission. Uh, didn't want to take over the mission. She was leaving to to do what Ezra was going to do, and almost didn't want to do it just because she was worried about him. And yeah, I thought that was so touching. No, yeah, really, she she really did turn into like Space Mom there. Yeah, and I really like it. And I just I just feel like they haven't utilized her enough this season. I've been a little disappointed in the Hera use. We had that one episode, but since then she's really been kind of relegated to the sidelines. Yeah, I want another B wing episode of of Hera. Like, well, at least not necessarily her flying B wings, but. Something mm-hmm. character heavy that that way, I think we'll we'll get one, and I'll kind of bring it up with the uh, Rogue One talk as well. Yes, definitely. Yeah, like I, I just want to see her become more of a general. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so like, sorry. <laughs> I don't know saying. why you. Would, I don't know why you'd think she's general material, Mike. I don't know. Something tells me. <laughs> Something tells me, you know, in the future, you know, she may get a promotion or something. Well, the Bendu, the you know, Bendu's got something up his sleeves too, in the future as well. But the um, the moment where Bendu says, "Then don't turn around," and just Maul casually walking up to them, like, "Oh, this place is remote. I could see this being a good base." Like, kind of eh, sneaking I, in there a bit. Yeah, I had a question for you too on this. Do you think Maul was had pre before Ezra and Kanan showed up? Maul had talked to to the Bendu. No, had a little chit chat with him. See, I was wondering. I was wondering that too. Like, has Maul seen the Bendu or talked previously? Or talked to him previously? Like, does Maul even know about the Bendu? He didn't seem like he did, and and that's why my answer was no. And Bendu, I feel like would have acted like he knew him or at least even knew what who they were talking about when they said the dark one uh but 
I mean, it's a possibility. Anything is possible in Rebels, I think. Yeah, and I just feel, out of all the characters that we've encountered, the Bendu is still someone we're not... I genuinely don't know what he wants yet. Yeah. I feel like his motives are very clouded. I mean, he's gray. I mean, he's neutral, but oh, neutrality... He may, he, yeah, he may not want anything. Yeah. That's I mean, the other he, thing, too. He's chaotic neutral. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the thing, too, that I wanted to point out that... Yeah. Is Maul's so slick. He's sly. He just kept throwing in there, my apprentice, my apprentice. Mm-hmm. He even put his hand on like, Ezra's shoulder, my, oh, my annoying apprentice. the heck out of Kanan. <laughs> I mean, it has to make Kanan feel really insecure about the situation. Because he knows what Ezra was going through, you know, at the beginning of this season. And I feel like Kanan... I can't imagine that Kanan doesn't feel like his grip on Ezra is getting more tenuous. Yeah. Even though they've had good moments, it's Maul clearly thinks he's got something going. And Ezra, while Ezra, you know, knocks Maul off, Maul's hand off and is like, don't call me that. There's still that connection. You know, they're in each other's head. And Kanan doesn't have that with Ezra. So Maul already has a bigger connection with Ezra in some ways than Kanan does. See, I didn't think that i i think that that was very much ezra kind of asserting himself and being like no like i'm not like i think that's i think that's officially where we're getting ezra not being a part of his not being his apprentice but i feel like okay i can agree that he's not going to be his apprentice but don't you think that ezra is a little interested in what i mean he he seems tempted i would have said that necessarily yeah, I wouldn't say necessarily to be his apprentice, but I think he's tempted by Maul's tactics sometimes. Yeah, I, I think he was tempted before, but I really felt like this was a turning point for Ezra in standing his ground and understanding that Maul is not a friend to him. And and I think that probably goes to the, uh, what was it, the episode with uh, Hondo, you know, yeah. realizing who his friends are and, and being careful who he lets in. I think it's just a, a growing point for Ezra, but I think I would have said yes before this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he definitely was tempted. He was intrigued, but this episode, he sacrificed to go with Maul, one, to get answers to destroy the Sith, but two, to protect the rebels, his friends, his family, from being, uh, from from Maul sending out that, that beacon to the Empire to reveal mm-hmm. the, the base. So Yeah, I love that. I love that Maul kind of had like a dead man switch. He would. Do we know the name of Maul's ship? It is called the Knight Brother. Well, that's unoriginal. It's a Mandalorian. Uh, what is it? Yeah, it's a Mandalorian gauntlet fighter. Wow, I like it. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a nice ship. We got a pretty good look at it this time, uh, as opposed to last season and then some of the episodes we've seen him in this one. But we got a nice, nice look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's according to the Wikipedia entry for it, it actually first appeared in the Son of Dathomir comic strip or comic book, and it's uh, modified from the one from Ghost uh, from uh, Clone Wars. So the one that the Mandos used there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like it. But we also kind of get Kanan, I guess, having a uh, ace in the hole with Ezra, not necessarily just trusting Ezra, but also kind of having Sabine put a tracker on um, Ezra's comm link. Yeah, that was smart. So they were able to follow him uh, to the planet of Dathomir. Yeah, which is a uh, welcome return. Yeah, I missed it. 
Oh, I was going to say, it's it's nice to see, at, at least this season, it's really becoming apparent how much they're embracing the old stuff, the, the, the stuff from Clone Wars. I'm really loving seeing these old winks and nods. And if you didn't, if you didn't watch the Clone Wars, I think you're okay. You're, you're kind of going through the episode. But if you did, you're kind of going, I know what yeah. that is. I know what so, that is. There are certain things in this episode that if you had not seen Clone Wars, you would be like, what the heck is that? And why does he care? Like, not like, necessarily like the Darksaber. Like, you'd be like, oh, that's a cool thing. Like, I, why is there this picture of this woman with macaroni hair? Yeah, why does she have macaroni <laughs> hair? And why are, why? Okay, but even understanding Clone Wars, it doesn't fully explain that picture. No, but I... And we can get into that in a little bit, because this is, Satine's my girl. <laughs> I mean, going off of what you said, like I, that's what I love about Rebels is it's kind of, I mean, part of the, part of what fascinates me is like, this is the first time we've really seen like how the effects of war are affecting the galaxy as a whole. And Mm -hmm. it's like the Clone Wars are still affecting people almost 20 years later. That's what I love to, that's what I love seeing. Yeah. And of course, um, one of the things we'll get into it, but so one of the things that Maul explains is that all the Night Sisters are dead, obviously. And that's. I like the fact that they help establish things for people who didn't necessarily see Clone Wars. They're establishing this world without actually having to do a big expository dump. Because all you need to know is that the Night Sisters are gone, are dead. But then, of course, Maul takes him into his into his little lair in his little fortress that he has that he has with all his little trinkets. And as I had mentioned before, he had he has his dark saber that he used when he ruled uh, Mandalore. But he also has a. Pa- portrait of Satine, the Duchess Satine, who was the in Mandalore as well. And for people who did not watch Clone Wars, she was the paramour of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Darth Darth Maul killed her to get back at Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. And what's I thought was really curious about it, number one, like I love Satine and it broke my heart seeing that picture of her because they actually played Obi-Wan and Satine's musical theme when it panned over to her picture, which I thought was a really nice touch. But the other thing that I thought was strange, and I I still don't fully understand, is so Satine was killed through a, she got stabbed through her her chest, stomach area with lightsaber. But he's like, the way he's graffitied that picture and has all these candles around it, he either has, it's the resentment of someone who had a much more personal connection with this woman than just she was the girlfriend of my enemy. This this person I have a vendetta against. I to be honest, like if well, if I had never seen Clone Wars, I would have thought that this was like some ex girlfriend who had burned him. Well, the interesting thing too that I want to like even turn up the fire on that was that written in Mandalore was the word Kenobi right under Satine. So is it just because he's so angry at? Obi-Wan? Is it like or, an altar to like get prayers so he can find? Who knows? <laughs> I know. I mean, it could think, be because he's trying everything to find him. I think I, I think I mentioned last time when we were originally going to record that he feels sorry in a way. Oh, he should feel that he sorry. he killed her. And he sh- the, the way Sam Witwer did this scene was another, like point number two, I think. There was moments where he said, these are relics of my my time when my power was absolute. I think he said something in that line. But also, he got really angry when Ezra almost touched the saber. 
Yeah. And it's just this hop of emotion from him. Just like, don't touch that. And yeah. Then, and then he becomes Maul again, the slimeball Maul, where he says, oh, I think your Mandalore friend could explain it better than I could. It was just like this little punch, you know? Mm-hmm. No, but I, but I liked that. They... Th- they allude to the fact that like she would know what that is. Oh, and it'd probably rise some anger out of her, you know? Yeah. And on the internet, I have seen people who now think Sabine is the daughter of, <laughs> uh, Satine. And no, I do not think that's, I personally don't think that's the case. No, because they, they tweet were told that her mother was alive. Yeah, we're told her mother is still alive. We were yeah. just told that a couple episodes ago. Right, but I with saw Gar some Saxon. People. Yeah, I saw some people, so I just wanted to point that out and shoot that down. Yeah, that's a theory that needs to be shot down. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people want Satine to somehow be alive, or the mother of someone, but I don't think, I don't think she had a baby before she got a lightsaber through the stomach. Just saying. But you, th- I, I'm still on board with you, Lindsay. That the Bo-Katan theory is still in play. Yeah. Now, if yeah, I would. I really want that. But we'll but, see. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we see. Obviously, we get to see all of <laughs> Maul's little trinkets that he's kept, and then we get into the wider area where he goes to brew up this strange potion that's going to merge their minds at the altar of the. Night Sisters, which I which really like. I didn't, I didn't like that actually. Oh, is it too um, magic-y for you? It 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 seemed a little weird. Like I th- I feel like this is the first time we've seen like a potion in Star Wars. I think it's very Night Sistery though. I well, mean, I I guess that's why it doesn't seem familiar is because it's because it's so Night Sistery, but it just yeah. it just feels weird. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the know? night. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, though, uh, the thing I liked, because it could have been totally comical. It, it totally could have been comical, especially like the scene coming up. But the thing I liked about it is that there was a moment where Ezra asked Maul if there were if they were like force users. And he said, in a way, they were. And I, I think what I took away from that scene that didn't make it so weird was that we're finally expanding that the force isn't just Jedi or right. Sith anymore. Who the what? What's Maul now? Uh, the Bendu is just in the gray, uh, and then I mean, we can get it. And then you get the, the people here. in Rogue One. You've got yeah, cheer it. Yeah, they're all different types of the Force, and I like they're expanding it in a way that seems very organic. That but, I didn't. That yeah. doesn't feel forced and doesn't seem strange to me. The well, I can understand why the potion would be weird to you, Mike. It yeah. remind as as someone who really liked the Night Sisters and the Sith witches from Legacy, and what they've done with them in the current canon. It that made sense to me at least. But I was always really into the Night Sisters and the Sith witches. It was a delicate balance, though. I I, I think I, I yeah. could be on board a little bit with you, Mike. It could have been comical. It could have been weird. Like drink this potion and our minds will meld again. Like. It, it could have been comical, but I think they kind of pulled it off. I think if they use it more than once, then it's like, I feel like this is the only situation they could have used it in. If they use it again, I'll change my mind. I thought it was funny when he did mix the potion, though, that the smoke came out. <laughs> that part was funny to me, but uh, whatever. <laughs> but do you think that's the only way to meld minds again? Or was it just that's the way that Maul knew how to do it again? I mean, that's that's just what feels weird about it is like because we saw that the 
I mean, we we know that Jedi at least can reach out to other people's minds, and we know mm-hmm. that dark dark side users like Kylo Ren like can read people's minds using the Force. So it it just seems like you don't need a potion to do it. Like it, it kind of just seems like you just kind of need two willing people to do that to each other. But this had more to do with like the holocrons merging and then their minds merged because of the holocrons, but the holocrons don't exist anymore. So they had to find something of holocron power, which it would have been interesting if they found two more holocrons and did it, but we don't. Yeah. And I, th- I think I mentioned this at the beginning of the seasons um, that I feel like they're making a bigger deal out of the holocron then like because there were multiple holocrons like these things right. were like books in a library mm-hmm. yeah you know for for kanan's holocron to kind of hold the mystery that ezra and darth maul need like that's a little weird like i don't know i just i feel like something else should have been created to kind of to kind of be this mystical thing that can tell them both what their vision needs to be yeah because the the sith holocron's been on malachor for you know, thousands of years as far as we yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And Kanan's holocron has been in a drawer for 15 years. You know, yeah. so there's there's no real reason for these holocrons to really know what they know. And so, well, I don't know if it's the knowledge within the holocron. It's the weird melding of it. So, like, if you took two other holocrons, a Sith holocron and a Jedi holocron, would it happen every time? Or is it these specific holocrons? No, exactly. Like, And these that, specific people. That's why it feels that's why it feels so weird is because mm-hmm. it's like is it any holocrons can can any holocrons do this is it just these two like what I I just I don't get it Yeah it needs to be explained a little bit more Yeah Hopefully we get an explanation and it's hopefully it's, it's one that's acceptable by us so I mean <laughs> I don't I mean I don't think we will to be honest I think we're going to I think now because as we learn at the end of the episode what the vision was I think we will. I think we're moving past this holocron stuff. Mm-hmm. But now let's let's talk about the vision. Yeah. So we get the fact that the vision is a desert planet with twin suns and someone who was thought to be dead. Yeah. So Maul's wording was it be, it ends where it began. Mm-hmm. The desert planet with twin suns, and then Ezra says, "I know him." And then I think he just says like he's still alive, right? I think I think it's whatever. yeah, I think yeah. it's something like that. Does so, does that mean that Ezra's also talking about Kenobi? I mean, I who think, else? I mean, yeah, he has to be talking about Kenobi because from what I kind of from what I understand, they didn't have two separate visions. Like the answer to both of their questions was the same thing. So I think they just saw. They had they both had the same vision, not two separate visions like they thought. Mm-hmm. And that it makes sense. All leads to Kenobi. Yeah, and Kenobi knows the answer to Luke, which is what Kanan—I mean, not Kanan, but Ezra—is looking for. And then, of course, obviously, Kenobi is what Maul's been looking for. I mean, and it would make sense for Ezra to be like, "I know him," because Ezra saw Kenobi's recording back in the first season. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. I just need a confirmation from you guys to reassure me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because I couldn't. Yeah, he wouldn't have known if they showed like a little, little baby Luke, little toddler Luke. It wouldn't have made sense. You for... guys are... I'm sorry. Well, I mean, no, Ezra, Ezra and Luke are the same age. Oh, yeah. 
Are they? They were born at the same time? Yeah. They're both oh. born on Empire Day. Oh, I didn't even put that together. I didn't either. <laughs> oh, geez. Mind blown, Mike. Well done. Good, good job. Yep. What if Ezra is Luke? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> he got a he got a real facelift if that's the case. Okay, so right after the the potion is drank, they get their vision, they finally complete their vision. The Night Sisters, here's a moment where I think totally could not have worked. They pulled it off, but it was yeah, a little little iffy. But the spirits of the Night Sisters come out of the altar. And Maul mentions that they want their what what is owed to them. They're, they're yeah. yeah, you have to you have to pay the toll. Yeah, exactly. You gotta pay that troll toll. With the boy's soul. <laughs> but at that moment also Kanan and Sabine uh, end up showing up. Yeah. I thought this yeah, was yeah. Womp womp. <laughs> I, I could see Sabine getting possessed. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm saying that word in the star Wars universe. <laughs> uh, but the fact that Kanan got so easily possessed kind of bothered me again. Well, it seemed like he, I mean, he was sh- not suspect. I mean, he didn't understand what was going on. So he just kind of got thrown into it. So I, maybe his walls weren't up and well, that's why it will slip in. And also this was dark magic. This is something that we've never seen yeah. before. So I, I can kind of forgive it, but that is, and that's really specific to the Night Sisters. That's not something that really anybody else uses. Yeah, so the possession thing, I think, could have been a little comical also, but I think they pulled it off. It wasn't enough. It wasn't too long where I was like, this is getting ridiculous. It was just enough. Another thing we saw was uh, where Kanan has like his green glowing eyes that we saw in the trailer at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And we all kind of like, oh, Kate, does Kanan get his vision back? And it turns out it was here. <laughs> sort of. I mean. Well, I mean, the scene, that we, saw saw. The scene that we saw in the trailer is yeah. this scene. The other yeah, scene we saw. Someone tra- got to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other scene we saw in the trailer also that was in this episode was when uh, Ezra standing over Maul about to slash down. But it's the, the guy who's part of the rebels that he just kind of beat up on. And, of course, we find out that for whatever reason, I don't. Guys, correct me if I can't remember, but, you know, the Night Sisters can't leave the cave area because it's, you know, their source of power. So at least that, I mean, that was the explanation, right? Like, that's their source of power, so they can't it venture beyond that. It wasn't the cave, it was the, the actual altar. So it's like, the altar. yeah, it's like a cell phone tower. It only goes so, so far. <laughs> so or like, or like the their, grail, like the Holy Grail. Their, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was their end game? <laughs> What was the Night Sisters in game? They possess people and then they can't leave the area. Well, they didn't think this through. I don't think. Yeah, I, I think they were so desperate to <laughs> manifest again mm-hmm. that they didn't. I, I think it was a risk for them to take, but it was also a risk they needed to take to manifest again. So, but but I did I did like. Well, I, I mean, I, the thing the thing that kind of bugged me is when Ezra and Maul run out of the cave. Hmm. <laughs> And then they turn around and look at Sabine and Kanan right there. I was like, just pull, just pull them out. Just force pull them out. Yeah, just, which is just what they... Gra- just grab them and yank them. Which is funny because that's what Ezra goes back and does. But mm-hmm. it's like, if, if it were me, I would have just done it then. Yeah. It saved us another 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, but... you're, you're smarter than Ezra. You are, Mike, by the way. But we also got <laughs> the best scene in this whole episode that really 
brought it together for me for Maul is how hurt Maul was that Ezra did not go with him. There was like this I crack know. in his voice. We could have been brothers. That whole that whole speech made my day. But also the fact that he walked away laughing. You know, you disappoint me, Ezra B- Bridger, and started laughing. Sam Witwer, once again, hidden home runs <laughs> with yeah, the, the bulk acting. Uh, yeah, there's a lot more depth to him. And I think he's feeling, uh, I, as you said earlier, I feel like he's feeling a lot more conflicted about things and having, he's like slowly being pulled more to the light. I mean, like not in a way that like is necessarily going to make him not a villain, but it's clear he's having a lot more emotions and softer emotions than we have seen from him previously. I don't think Maul's a redeemable character though. I don't think he's redeemable. No, not, not in any, any way. He's been tortured so much already. Yeah. But there's, there's, I feel like we're gaining a little bit more humanity with him. That doesn't yeah. mean that just makes him more interesting. That doesn't mean he's redeemable. So Mike. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I, I like finding out a little bit more about Maul in this way. Do you mm-hmm. think the comic that is going to be released here pretty soon, um, Maul will be something that happened in the past or something that's going to happen in the future? Maybe his journey towards I, the planet with the twin suns. No, I think. I think we're going to get the resolution of Maul's storyline this season. Um, I think the comic is definitely going to be set in the past, you know, in the 15 years between Clone Wars and here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think that this, that this season is going to be the end of Maul's story. Yeah. I don't think he's going to make it out of the fight with Kenobi alive. If they fight like that's, I think ta- Tatooine is his end point. Well, there was a there was an old Star Wars Tales comic from Dark Horse where I think I talked about this already, mm-hmm. uh, where Maul uh, finds Obi Wan and the two start fighting, and he goes like he's going to kill Luke or something, and Owen goes to shoot him, but his like gun's broken, and so like the gun blows up and kills Maul, and I think that story is going to be adapted into this in, into Maul's storyline. Yeah. Not exactly because that, that one, that story was written a little differently. It wouldn't fit here exactly, but I think we're going to get that same kind of tragic ending to Maul's character. Cause that's the thing with like Maul. Maul like believes he's destined for greatness. He believes he's much bigger than he is. So I, I'm really interested to see if he gets that kind of tragic ending that kind of like this accidental death mm-hmm. in the end, nothing really mattered. He, he, he got so far. I, I was on a Lincoln <laughs> park. <laughs> that song is mall. <laughs> yeah. Just, no, it is. It is. That is, yeah. that's basically mall. But yeah, I, I, I really enjoy that. And of course, watching Ezra struggle with Kanan trying to get Kanan to come out of it being like, I know you're still in there was really interesting. I mean, that was a really good scene as well. But I kept wondering if Kanan was really going to come out of it on his own. I, I didn't think so. And I'm, and I'm really kind of glad that Ezra took over the fight mm-hmm. and, you know, knocked him out of the way and then destroyed the altar by himself. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I enjoyed that because, I mean, again, like this was kind of another episode of Ezra kind of being dumb, but also Ezra was <laughs> kind of smart in this episode. Yeah, he had a plan, and his exact words to Sabine 
after he pushed her out of the cave was, I'm planning on it. And he was, of course, talking about the Night Sisters counting on possessing Ezra. He just had yeah. to kind of prove himself to be more powerful than Kanan. But he also, but Ezra ended up tricking them into just saying, I'm the one that used the spell, basically. Possess me. Mm-hmm. Leave, leave my friend alone. But of course, they... Ezra, I, I liked the scene where Ezra used his lightsaber and the dark saber to destroy the. It he used both one of his own things and he used something of yeah. Maul's to to destroy it. And I wonder if it had to be destroyed with two uh, like two pieces of the people who had made the initial offering. I, I, I mean, that, I, I, don't I may so. be stretched. Okay, I'm stretching. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a bit of a stretch because because I mean the dark saber is a Mandalorian thing, but it was Maul's for a long time. I mean, yeah, but he, <laughs> but I mean, even then, like the dark saber was a Jedi thing originally. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. It just, it just seemed cool for him to use it. So mm-hmm. after and of course, the, go ahead. yeah, I was going to say after the altar is destroyed, we get, you know, everybody's like the episodes wrapping up and they're leaving the cave. Sabine runs back and grabs it, which I really liked, which I think we've gotten a hint later on in the season that she'll be using it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about hey. that aspect. I love, yeah, I love dark sabers. I think it'll be cool to kind of see because the dark saber represents like Mandalorian leadership. Like it would be kind of cool to see her kind of unite the clans and bring them to mm-hmm. the rebellion. And of course, given what we know about what's happening in her family right now, it would make sense. It, it'll, I wouldn't doubt that we're going to get an episode about leadership and family bond again because we've kind of had that with Hera we have that kind of story go along in Sabine about leadership and her, you know, trying to take command where her mother has obviously failed. I like the, uh, the idea of Sabine fighting hand to hand, you know, obviously with the Mm -hmm. saber, but we've always seen Sabine firing guns because she's the weapon specialist. But the, the thought of Sabine fighting with the dark saber, like in this kind of primitive hand to hand combat is uh, is exciting to me also. Yeah, I really like that idea. Well, uh, do we want to rate the episode? Uh, what do you guys think of the episode? Uh, I, you know, I really enjoyed this episode. It's definitely at least a nine for me. It's a nine for me, I think. Uh, same thing, all around the table, nines. Yeah, this was definitely kind of coming off of the last episode, Inside Man. Like, this, I, th- I think this was a good kind of point to end the middle half of the season. I do wish though that the mall episode where they joined the holocrons mm-hmm. was, Before I wish it. this was a two parter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm right with you. I thought the same thing when this episode ended. I mean, yeah, cause this definitely could have been at least a two parter, but you know, overall I enjoyed it. So, Oh man, I'm just going to throw it in there too. I was somewhat right about rogue one and, not necessarily that the fillers were in there just to kind of get us past Rogue One. But now that Rogue One has come out, now we kind of see the story's really going to kick in because of certain things. So, Yeah. Do we want to get into that now? Well, yeah. If uh, you haven't seen Rogue One yet, what are you doing? Go see it. It's been <laughs> out for two weeks. Um, but this is where we are going to talk about Star War- or Rogue One and the connections to Rebels. Which so, are many. Yeah, so that spoiler talk is going to start in three, two, one. Okay, 
So okay. we're not, we're not going to talk about the Easter eggs because everybody already knows the ghost is in the Battle of Scarif and Chopper, Chopper. and Chopper and uh, why and, <laughs> and General Sindula. Um, I did like I I remember freaking out in the theater when when Jin and Cassian are walking out of the temple and the first shot you see, it's a wide shot of the airfield and you can see the ghost in the upper corner. Yep, oh, mm-hmm. I freaked out. Oh, I like, I was like, no. And just to kind of, I'm looking at it right now. And just to look, oh, God, it's so beautiful. <laughs> uh, Why don't you just marry it, Mike? I want to. <laughs> um, No, but I, I, I love it. And just seeing yeah. it on screen. As real. Like it's a real just, ship now. Yeah, like it's surreal. Um, another thing that I noticed in the Battle of Scarif later is the Phantom 2's not plugged into the ghost. Oh, I didn't notice that. I was trying to see if it was, but the all the pictures I'm looking at, it doesn't have the Phantom 2. Hmm. So that could mean a couple of things, because we don't know who of the ghost crew is still alive. Besides Cinderella, Besides Hera. Well, even then, too. Well, we like, assume it's Hera. We, it could... we assume it's Hera, but it could be Sham. Mm-hmm. So we we don't know for sure. Um, and I was talking to my wife about this, like it's like general is a ground, like military term. Like if anything, she would be an admiral Hmm. because she's, because she's flying in the, essentially the Navy. Yeah. If she's, if she hasn't been moved to ground, I mean, into tactical work, Well, but we're also like attributing earth, you know, ranks to star Wars, which may or may not be exactly the same but from what we've seen so far they're kind of relatively similar so but it would be cool to see her be general Sindula. no yeah, there for... there are general you can either be a general or an admiral as an x-wing pilot apparent according to insignia yeah okay on x-wings that's what i'm looking at in the rebel command insignia file well there it is but so it only another, but it, yeah go ahead but another another thing i i noticed too my first viewing was um, one of the A wing or one of the uh, X wing pilots has the Phoenix the Phoenix crew uh, logo the the Phoenix symbol that uh, Sabine draws every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them has it on his helmet, and you and I was like, no, that like that's got to be it. It looked a little different, mm-hmm. and then when I was looking at the Rogue One Visual Dictionary. It says modified Ren Phoenix. Okay, so there are some other things that go along with uh, that symbol too. So in the, I, I'm pretty sure it's in the vid, visual dictionary as well. Uh, Chirrut is wearing a necklace that has the the rebel symbol on it. I think he's the one who's wearing it. It's either him or Baz, or Boz. Sorry, um, but they mention in the visual dictionary that the symbol has been newly modified from the Phoenix. So that changeover has only happened very recently. At least that's what they imply in the visual dictionary. I didn't even see that part. And then of course, now I don't know if you guys caught it, but I caught it. So obviously saw Guerrera, if you guys haven't heard, um, not you guys, but our general audience, um, they have confirmed that saw Guerrera is going to be in row, uh, Star Wars Rebels at Which some I, point. I knew this was going to happen. Like, yeah, I I figured this was going to be our 
our Winter Soldier Agents of Shield mm-hmm. moment. Like, because I because a lot of people were like, oh, like what are the, what like how is this going to tie into it? And it's like, well, the show can't tie into Rogue One directly because the timeline difference. Mm-hmm. We can see how it leads up to Rogue One, and here and what I think is going to happen. Because we, we know in the mid-season premiere, the Ghost Crew is going to meet Saw. I think we're going to see where he falls out with the rebellion. Well, how I they, think I, how they mention it in oh how they mention it in Rogue One, like <laughs> how they used to work together and then they and then they broke apart. Well, so here's the thing that I noticed: the first time I saw the movie, I thought I heard it. The second time I saw it, I know I heard it. They call him a Bendu fanatic. They call his group Bendu fanatics. Really? Yes. No, I didn't even hear that. Yeah, I, 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 maybe I'm going crazy, but I, I don't think I would have pulled that out of the air because they call them fanatics and they say a B word in front of it. And it was the first time I heard it, I was like, no, they couldn't have said Bendu fanatics. And then they said Bendu fanatic. I swear they do. It's, uh, I, maybe I'm crazy. Someone, tweet us and confirm that or not <laughs> but i swear they called him a vendu fanatic are you sure they weren't saying borgullet fanatics because uh the borgullet was so stupid <laughs> that's a big difference but yeah so that that i really caught um i given again the bendus were a completely different thing and they may have thrown that in as a nod to the legacy no but that just, makes but, but that makes sense though like well, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, we don't know how much Saw is, how much Saw likes the Jedi. I mean, like, we know he trained with Ahsoka, but we don't know like his interactions with Jedi after that. And then in the clip we see, he talks about how, you know, it's been a while since he's seen a Jedi, like, mm-hmm. let alone two. So I don't know if he would be like a Bendu fanatic. We don't even because now we wouldn't know what that would be really. Well, now we know like how much more like people view the Force. Mm-hmm. And, um, like with the Church of the Force, like would Saw be a part of the Church of the Force or not? Or, so I don't know. Yeah, that's just I'm gonna go see it again this weekend, and obviously I can tweet out if I was wrong. I swear, maybe I'm hearing things, but I feel well, like I those to, are two words that I would have put together in a that that's. I have to see it multiple more times because as I bet kathleen kennedy earlier in the season i would see mm-hmm. it 10 times if the rebels you know if the ghost was in it if the ghost right. and chopper was in the movie and both of those boxes were checked so also <laughs> um i i had tweet i had texted you guys but in the visual dictionary also cassian one of his aliases when he was working as a spy was fulcrum yep he was a fulcrum so he's so. one of the fulcrums I doubt so we're going to see I, him. <laughs> I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like we can. I feel like we can see Cassian. Um, I also feel like we may see a young Jin because this, mm-hmm. from what it seemed like, this might be around the same time where Saw had Jin in, like, with him. Right. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe if Cassian shows up, he can maybe job of the hut somewhere and he could touch him. He's not going to touch Jabba. <laughs> oh, but he wants to touch Jabba so bad. I'm sorry. That's my favorite thing that's come out of any of the interviews with Diego Luna. <laughs> he, just wants just, to touch, he just wants to touch Jabba. 
I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm really interested to see where we're going to go with this. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And the fact that I, man, they, they just caught some stuff that I don't, I mean, are we going to see, we'll, we'll see Jen, but the fact that we have Tarkin and we know that obviously at some point, are we going to see Krennic? Cause obviously at some point they have to realize that the Death Star is stalled. So right now they're probably working on it. So are we going to see Krennic at some point? Well, I mean, we know they're... we know that from the episode description of the next episode, like they're starting the Death Star arc. Yeah, so I mean, we have op. There are options. So I mean, Krennic may show up. Like we're we're definitely going to get more Tarkin. Yeah, uh, and I was checking. You know, we were talking about. You were wondering if Guerrero would have you know gone to the Temple of the Force and all of that. I mean, he was trained by Jedi. So he has a Well, he was he was trained to lead an army by Jedi. He wasn't yeah, trained I mean, to, he wasn't trained to fight as a Jedi. Well, not as a Jedi, but I'm saying like he's he spent time around them. So yeah. it's not like so I wonder how that's going to not that that's necessarily going to factor in. That's why I'm I'm just thinking about that with the Bindu thing. It's going to bother the Bindu thing's going to bother me cuz I can't find anything. I don't know. I now I need to rewatch it. Cuz there's the order of Dibendu, which was an old thing. Well, yeah, but that's not coming back. And it's not coming back. And that's why I was originally... If if we didn't have the Bendu, if we didn't have Bendu in Star Wars Rebels, I would have just thought it was like a little nod to that. But obviously, that's different now. Yeah. I wish I could watch it right now so I could be like, yeah, it was right here. <laughs> I know. Oh, God, like, I really wish I could just watch it right now and just like fast forward to that part and find out. <laughs> but I feel like we're, I feel like yeah. we're going to go to Jeddah, too. At some point this season, I love that aspect of, of going to Jada. I, I talked to you briefly about it, Mike. That I I absolutely was intrigued by Jada. Uh, the fact that it was like kind of like a bazaar. Uh, I like the setting of it. It was just uh, a really cool planet, or at least city, you know. So yeah, I really I really really liked it. I mean, overall, I mean, I loved Rogue One in general. Like it. I, I've been saying it for almost a year now. Like it's exactly what I wanted to see in Star Wars. Like it was going to be saving Private Ryan in space, and it's it was it was it was exactly what I wanted to see. And I I I'm hesitant to say it, but I it, I really do believe it shot up to be my favorite Star Wars movie so far. Ooh, it's big talk. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. But it like I said, like it it's given me what I want. Like I love these kind of in the trench troop movies and everybody was just so fascinating as a character. Like, like Baze was one of my favorite characters. I loved him. I loved Baze. Um, I loved I like, K2. I loved I Cassian. I loved his friendship with, uh, Chirrut. Yeah. Chirrut was, was amazing. Chirrut was the best, but like, I don't know something about Baze. Like he had, he had the least amount of screen time out of the, out of the main crew, but I enjoyed every line he said. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and just say I absolutely love this film. Uh, I can honestly say it wasn't my favorite Star Wars film, uh, but the thing was I walked out of that theater just super happy because it gave another element to Star Wars that we needed. We needed that battle war, Saving Private Ryan kind of gritty looking ground tactic. Well, in the movie about people that weren't Jedi's and generals and princesses, you know, yeah. something on the ground game, the 
the normal people, the us's. <laughs> but yeah, like it, that's, it gave, that's what felt good about that movie. It, it gave a separation. I feel like that fans needed, uh, like, I feel like Mike, you needed this movie. Like you needed this style of movie where I'm more leaning towards another style of star Wars, but our universe is expanding, which is probably the, the thing that I really appreciated about rogue one the most. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, like I love, yeah. I love that it like universe built, yeah. Or like world built, you know, because we we God, we heard more about kyber crystals in this movie than we yes. have in any other Star Wars movie. Yeah. No kidding. So, I mean, there was a, there's a lot to unwrap in here. And there's this movie really. There was so much talk of the Force and people believing in the Force and using it as something to bolster themselves that we really haven't had besides perfunctory may the force be with you from, uh, you know, non Jedi characters. Cause usually it's the people who are around the Jedi who are believe in the force. And then you have like generals as it just as a saying, but these people genuinely use it as something to bolster themselves and help give themselves hope, which I think, and again, it expanded the idea of what the force can be. Yeah. Because the, I think the question that everybody asks also is cheer it. Uh, for sensitive my argument would have been yes what i was mentioning in our rebels episode is that there's different elements of the force right i I don't think well let me let me correct myself i don't think he's force sensitive but i think he does tap into the force i don't think you have to be a given the gift of the force i think there's he trained himself to use it uh and and it's almost like the force rewarded him that's the kind of way i saw it he's He's one with the force and the force is with him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's what Yoda told us. The force is around us and it surrounds us. It's in everything. So if you can just tap into, you know, it's what Yoda said. Believe in Yoda. But some of the other things I did in Rogue One, too, <laughs> that um, that I absolutely love was callbacks to older, th- <clears throat> excuse me, older things like using the Blue Squadron, which was in the novel. Vader's castle was... Um, one something from the comics and then two um something that was originally designed like that kind of lava castle that the emperor was supposed to be in like that was something that was designed for like way back i think even return of the jedi and gosh what a what an emo kid also uh, little anakin being like i'm just gonna be around lava because this is what destroyed me also (laughs) i'll surround uh, myself with it well yeah like we know that was mustafar yeah, and, and they didn't have to label it. We all knew. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, well, I didn't know, but like, I I knew it was a lava planet, but I thought it was the one that they used back in Legends. Bast. Mm-hmm. Pablo tweeted out like they're playing the long game here, and they mentioned that's where Jedi go to die back in the first season, and that's where Jedi go to die. So, and but was forgot... it? Sorry. It didn't become the. Sorry, it didn't become the place that Jedi went to die. Well, it's, was it it's always a, the place, or was it just impl- after Anakin? Well, it's after it's after Anakin, but it's implied yeah. that Anakin is taking Jedi back there and torturing them. Mm. So, Anakin, you messed up, man. And yeah. I'm forgetting what 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 uh, sect of monk Chirrut was, but uh, the word wills well, the, was also yeah, from the original he, script. He, right? They said he was a, well, yeah. That's originally what like the saga was called was like the Journal of the Wills. Mm-hmm. And so he's a guardian of the wills. Yeah. 
That's what it was, Guardian. Which Lord. just opens up a whole other can of worms, but yeah. yeah, we could we could spend a lot of time going into just the the way the show. I mean, the way that the movie kind of expanded that and go into the. But that's another thing. Like, is is yeah. Chirrut? Because everyone was saying like Chirrut's a member of the Church of the Force, but is he? But he says he's a guardian of the wills. So I don't know. Overall, we loved it. Yeah, Let's yeah. Overall, we, we I want to talk. There's a lot more it, to. So. There's a lot more to unpack. I got to watch it a great. couple more times. Yeah, I'm gonna. I I will go see it this weekend, and if I was wrong, but I'm gonna listen for it. I know. I swear. I just need someone to confirm me because right now I just feel like I'm floating in air because I can't find anything on the internet about this guy's. <laughs> Which makes All me right. think I'm really wrong. I mean, we don't know yet, so. But if it's if it's right, it's awesome. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but if it's not, oh well. All the right, Bendu well, is I... still super cool, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I think uh, that will do it for us for this episode. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot more to talk about, but we'll be back January 7th for the two-part episode premiere of uh, second half of season three, Ghosts of Geonosis, where we actually do get to meet Saw. Yeah, and did you, notice, did you notice that they made him look a little bit more like Forrest Whitaker? They did. Yeah, they did. I wonder, if that has, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that has anything to do with him playing him in the show. Yeah. I don't know. Lucky us. Just a little. <laughs> Are you no, here I... to kill me? oh man ah can't wait to dissect this one so uh god it's been so long since we've wrapped up an episode how do we do this again you can follow me on twitter at it's the rocketeer that's i-t-s the rocketeer Lindsay, where can we find you you can find me at betty bloodshed with an i-e on twitter and on instagram or at sdcc nerds attack and ernie uh you can find me on instagram and twitter at yeah buddy ernie we are part of the Random Shatter Network, so you can check out all of the shows on this network, including the other one that Ernie and I do, Retro Convo, currently on our winter break, but we'll be back next year with some exciting new content. But there's also Echo Base, Outer Rim, Random Shatter, the main show, and all the other cool TV show podcasts that they do. And just to throw it in there, I know we've been getting some... Uh... Some questions about us getting our own feed in iTunes. That is working itself out. That is currently in the works, yes. yes. So we will awesome. keep you guys updated. Yeah, no, we will We will try to be our own feed rather than uh, coming through the random chatter mega feed. So you can subscribe to us uh, by ourselves. So we will let everybody know as soon as that happens. Right. But until then, may the force be with you guys. And we will see you next week.